0: The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a twist about it.
1: Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the shortcode podcast.
2: Weird news. Fresh views. Helpful clues and interviews. By students. For students. Subscribe to our weekly show at
3: theshortcoat.com.
0: Welcome back to The Short Code Podcast, the show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose. It's a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine, and I'm Dave Etler. With me today in the SCP Studio, a pack of med school puppies, a Kindle of med school kittens. <laughs> Say meow to MD-PhD student, Maddie Wallin. Hello. Uh, uh, PhD student, Riley B. and Bush says, a woof. M2 Mao Ye says, cheep, 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 (laughs) cheep. And M2 Matt Engelkin says, (laughs) as he licks his own eyeball. (laughs) Our uh, show today is about being a pet owner in medical school. Did you guys have pets growing up?
1: I did. I grew up with two labs. They were both huge. And that made me a forever dog person. Mm -hmm. And uh, I decided to get a dog the summer before I started medical school, which remains to be seen whether that was a good or a bad idea.
0: (laughs) Well, you're you're kind of a long way in at this point to be uncertain.
1: I I guess so. Uh, Ultimately, I think it was a great idea. But, you know, we're going to get into that, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. I never I'm not in medical school, obviously, but I never owned a pet until I was You're not. I know.
1: That's crazy. I thought this whole time you've been a
2: medical Weird. school. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: I only became a pet owner in the last couple of years, and uh, I love it.
2: How is it going from, like, no pet ownership your whole life to a pet ownership in your 20s? Because you're 20.
0: There's that's a sweet. lot to, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just cats. So I feel like there's a level of difficulty with cats that's not the same as certain other kinds of pets who I won't name, but who are <laughs> called dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel like this is okay. The the dog person versus cat person debate has a place and I I feel like I've always been firmly on the on the side of the dog person because I grew up with dogs and so I was never somebody who was like I hate cats, but like I'm not a big cat person. Having my own dog, like not as a family pet, but having a dog that I am solely responsible has made me really understand the appeal of cats. <laughs> you guys are the cat people, right?
4: Yeah, I have two cats and Kind of to go back a little bit, our family has always had cats. We have one dog who turned 14 last week. So happy birthday, birthday, Jade. Um, Happy birthday, Jade. Yeah, we've just had the one dog, but she's amazing. She's awesome. We've had cats basically my entire life. And in addition to that, since ninth grade, my family at home has fostered kittens for the Humane Society
0: Okay, that that I'm just dying to. That's awesome. <laughs> like I want the, to be around all them.
4: Yeah, they're awesome. The ones that are too small are not friendly enough for those kind of things. We. Bulk them up, and sometimes we'll even get like pregnant mothers, and they'll give birth at our house. And so we get them from the time that they're newborns right. to when they're two pounds and ready to be adopted. That's the situation. I When got you longer. said bulking
2: yeah. up, I'm picturing you guys feeding them like creatine, <laughs> feeding, like bulk cats.
4: <laughs> yeah, we
0: just put whey,
4: we put just
2: protein, in protein, there. and <laughs> creatine. And um, we gotta get them going, <laughs>
4: bros. But I moved into a new place between my sophomore and junior year of college, and I knew that that place had pets, so. The entire summer was like an audition, I guess, for cats that I'd bring with me. As you said, dogs are awesome, but I knew that, you know, being a pre-med at the time and now as a med student, I don't necessarily have time to walk a dog and take them out all the time. So I was like, if I leave for, you know, an entire day, the cats are going to be fine. But one thing I was pretty passionate about is that I'd get two. So that way, when I was gone, they'd have a buddy. So I ended up getting two from the same litter. I've had them since they were, you know, too small to be adopted and now they're, Three and a half, and they're awesome. They like humans, which is unique for cats. They both cuddle with me, so I'd say it's a pretty I'm jealous gig. We love a
0: snuggle. My cat. babies don't really cuddle with, <laughs> with us. Kind of rude of them. I know,
5: <laughs> so rude. Yeah, I have a dog and a cat, but I want to state my position clear. I'm a dog person. <laughs>
1: Whoa.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor derecho uh, DeRecho, <laughs> De exactly. She's so. gonna be
1: listening. He or she. He. He's going to be listening to this later and be like...
5: <sighs> <laughs> He's used to it. I, I don't tell him. I hate him. But like I love my dog more for sure. <laughs> I grew up when my grandparents had dogs. So I would visit them over there. But I never had a cat. The only reason we have a cat now is because... He was left outside our house during the Rachel. So we brought him in. So we're a good person. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because so first we brought him in. He was like hissing at us. He was like probably two weeks old or something like that. And so his mom left him out there and he was hissing at us. And then we gave him some tuna and he sold his soul. He loved us forever (laughs) to death.
2: That's funny. Oh my gosh, you found him during the derecho or after the derecho? Uh,
5: probably like the day after the derecho, yeah.
2: That's so scary for anyone that doesn't know who's listening. A derecho was a basically hurricane that we had here in Iowa, and it was crazy. It was really That,
0: that was among the weirdest experiences of my time in Iowa was that derecho. Yeah. The other one was the flood of 2008, but we won't talk about that. I wasn't there. <laughs> I wasn't here. It was a disaster. It was a huge <laughs> It's a huge disaster. You know, Stanley Art Museum is opening this month. And uh, the reason it's opening this month is because the original art museum was blown away by the by the 2008 floods. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> 14 years ago. Yeah,
4: that's why we got the new Hansch Auditorium yep. and the new music building, Voxman. Yep. All that uh, stuff
0: got like wiped out.
4: Yeah, as a as a former as a f well, I guess not former, but I was in choir throughout the entire thing, so we heard all about the flood. But you know, we got good new venues out of it, so. <laughs> Yeah, I guess okay. we, can, we can complain about it, but there was, we we got something, I
2: guess. This is why I don't mess with weather. Like this morning when it was raining, I got right back in bed and I said, nope, not today. <laughs> and then I laid there and watched TikTok. Is that
4: the reason,
0: minutes. Maddie? I that was mean, Riley. I oh mean, Riley. my
2: <laughs> gosh. Yeah, it was. Okay.
0: Getting back to cats.
2: So are dogs? You're of, you are firmly a dog person. You have both a dog and a cat. Mm-hmm. That's that's impressive. I mean, I agree. Like, I'm a dog person, too. You're right. (laughs) Like, you are right, but (laughs) do your dog and cat get along?
5: My dog's, like, 60 pounds. My cat is, like, 10 pounds, maybe. So, they don't really hang out together. (laughs) My cat likes my dog. My dog's like, you're too little. I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. And, yeah, but they they love each other. I can tell. (laughs) That's uh, good. Like, my dog is so scared of thunderstorms. He will literally wake you up like in the middle of the night, whenever. And it's so weird. It's kind of a long story, but it's like if you look at the weather, the radar, it's like eight hours away from where we live, this thunderstorm. Oh. And a dog just like started freaking out like eight hours before the thunderstorm. And the cat tried to like calm him down.
1: <laughs> the cat's like, I it's was so born sweet. in a derecho. This is old news. For yeah. me. <laughs> like, calm yeah. down, Chill dog. Chill out, dog. Yeah, I would never introduce my dog, Mac, to a cat. I fear for what he might do to the cat. Oh, Phoebe hates cats. Phoebe like is genuinely afraid of them. She like
2: goes up to them and then she barks and backs away. Like she t- she talks a big game, but like a cat comes near her, she is out of there. She's gone. So, yeah, she's she's not going to do well with a cat if you ever got one.
0: So, I have two cats. One is Pandora and one is Fishwick. And Fishwick is either as dumb as a bag of hammers. <laughs> Or just kind of passive, like, you know, my theory is that she grew up on the mean streets of Iowa City or Washington or wherever the shelter got her. And she just never learned that she could have things or (laughs) anything like that. She was just reacting to her environment. Never, you know, Pandora we got as a kitten from a rescue mom. And she believes that she's entitled to everything. (laughs) This morning I got dressed and put on my pants, which I had left on the floor of my room because I'm an animal. Yes. Okay, fine. (laughs) And as I put my foot in the pant leg, out popped a disposable razor. And, you know, like a sock. Okay, I get it. Pair of underwear even. Okay, I can see that. But I had worn the pants yesterday and I'm pretty sure there was nothing in there. But yeah, this morning, and and so I'm pretty sure that Pandora gave me a little present in the middle of the night. <laughs>
1: it's like the odds of your cat slicing your femoral artery with a disposable razor are low, but never zero. But not zero. But <laughs> zero. Yeah. they're actually probably about sixty percent now. Now that
2: we have this information, you're probably you're in danger.
0: I have watched. I do have a video on my Instagram of Pandora opening a drawer, laboriously selecting different toys, and then deciding this is the one I want. Putting some of the other toys back in the drawer, and then going on with her day. Which I don't know. That's kind of cool. For, that's very that's pretty polite. That's smart. To, like, put yeah, away. She's yeah. Not always that polite. I don't know what was. I don't know what got into her. Day, but.
2: Yeah, I should introduce my dog. I mentioned her before. Her name is Phoebe. I got her at the beginning of this year, and I almost gave her back. Like, yeah, you had a rough time. Yeah, I had a rough time, and Maddie and Dave actually both heard all about it in like. Maddie more so in tearful cries, Dave and like <laughs> I sat in this office and talked about how I almost gave my dog back. But yeah, so I got a dog from a shelter. I had been begging for weeks to my husband, like, let us get a dog. He finally came around and then we got this dog and I love her dearly, but it was so hard when you get it. No one talks about how hard it is. Everyone's like, the dogs are the best thing that have
0: ever happened in my Hi, life. Riley. I think people talk about how hard dogs are.
2: But I think they they talk about how wonderful it is. That was the first one that was like, I actually also almost did not go through with this dog thing. Yeah. So yeah, I spent like the first three weeks having like full-blown anxiety. If you've never heard about the puppy blues and you're thinking about getting a dog, I would recommend looking it up. And I... Ultimately like got through the three weeks and now I love her so much and she's the joy of my life But yeah, I got this dog and then I almost gave her back. I went so far as to email the shelter I am no monster I just didn't know if I could handle it due to my own mental health now She's the joy of my life and I will what, tell what, everyone the story now because I fear for everyone else.
0: Well, well What changed what what made That's a
2: good question what happened? I think I changed
0: you okay.
2: I think I changed and I think
0: She didn't grow out of it. Well,
2: and I think I'll never like forget talking to Maddie too. And it was like, she's like, I think what you do is perfectly fine. You can either give her back and know that she'll be with a lovely family and she will be wonderful and you will probably be happier and at least your anxiety will go down or you can stick it through and I promise you it will get better. And I just remember like being in the point in which I could make the decision and I was like do I, do I not? And I called my bluff and I was like, I can't give this dog back. I love her so much already
1: despite the anxiety.
2: Therefore, I shall keep her.
1: I also just want to clarify that Riley was in distress. Distress. She was having a bad time. The problem wasn't Phoebe. The problem was that you were so anxious that you were doing wrong, quote unquote, by Phoebe because she had to be gone during the day. And I was like, Riley, Phoebe is a dog and she (laughs) is going to be okay. And there are, you know, thousands of people who have pets and who work and you know go to work and their dog is alone and she's going to be okay so i'm not worried about phoebe i am worried about you yes. because you are not handling this i well. should
2: <laughs> very much clarify phoebe is one of the like f- from a lot of people have described phoebe as one of the nicest kindest dogs ever she's a Lovely dog. This was one thousand percent not her fault. No, Phoebe. This was, was one thousand percent my brain concocting the story of her like Suffering. not being in the right home, even yeah. though she was like perfectly fine. And like, of course, I'm the one that would beg for this dog for weeks. And I go to my husband and I'm like, I want to give her back. And he's like, I love this dog now. Like, you had to convince me for months to get a dog, yes. and I love her now. This and dog we are, is going nowhere, and we are not. <laughs> (laughs) i'm talking about her in like this dog but i love her so much now and if anyone's thinking about getting a dog i want you all to know that it's probably not always rainbows and sunshines when you first get them whether it's a puppy or not and i'm sure we'll talk about all of this but yeah so like long story short i got a dog from a shelter I love her very much. I did almost give her back. I am incredibly happy that I did not, and she is the joy of my life outside of my husband. I would say the love of my life, but I probably shouldn't. So the joy of my life. I will call her. And I
0: would say the love of my life, but I probably shouldn't be. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, pets in med school can be a challenge. I think probably. Yeah. Right. I mean, the I amount almost of time gave mine that you,
1: back.
2: <laughs>
0: the amount of the amount of time that you have to devote to each. Yeah, but you were wrong. But there are challenges. <laughs> Right? There are challenges. Yes, there um, are challenges.
1: There's legitimate challenges outside. Because, like,
0: the, the the one thing that I often think of is, you know, yeah, they'll be fine if you go away for, you know, the day to go to work or school. But when you do, sometimes when you do, like, your family medicine rotation, you're, like, not here. And then you have to figure out, like, if you don't have a spouse to back you up or, or a significant other to back you up, then, then you have to figure out, like, what to do with this animal while you're away for... Four weeks? Six yeah. weeks? Is
1: yeah. Four, or six? four weeks.
0: So that's kind of like an issue. And and I don't know how it is at other schools, but here the family medicine clerkship is not going to say, Oh, you got
3: yeah, yeah.
1: You,
2: you don't can, have to go. You
0: can stay in Iowa City because then everybody would be doing that. Or we'll bring your pets along. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could. There yeah. must be some. I'm sure right? there is some. I'm sure housing. there are some places. I know. Or you might
1: have to organize that yourself. But like, right. so that's something that I would say is a challenge is there's a lot more workarounds. And this is not unique to medical school, but like whenever you go out of town, you have to find something to do with your pet. Or if you'd have to commute somewhere for your family medicine rotation, there's nothing stopping you from getting a pet friendly Airbnb for the time that you're there. But that's an expense. So it's like. There's these unexpected expenses, I think, associated with having pets that you may not think about before you get one. So something unique to medical school is that you might not have a lot of disposable income oh, when you yeah. you you know when you are in medical school. And that's something to really think about because things like boarding and vet bills and other damages associated with pets can be a financial burden that you have to think seriously about if you can handle, I guess. What other damages could happen <laughs> with pets, I ask as a leading huh. question. I wonder
0: what well, pets could do. Damages,
1: Maddie? Oh, damage. I mean, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I live with an arsonist. His name... <laughs> <laughs> He's 55 pounds, five years old, a uh, dog named Mac. He. So last year I was on my internal medicine rotation and this was right after COVID. It was like my first clinical rotation after being home for like two years straight. And Mac had He'd had pretty significant separation anxiety yeah. when I first got him. That's Mac, yeah. yeah. And he had pretty much outgrown it. I did my first year of medical school before COVID, and everything was great. We were in a routine. He was fine with me leaving the house. It's all good. And then I was home for a full year. And now I'm going to clinic. And when you're in clinic, you're gone, like, all day. So I was gone for anywhere from eight to nine and nine and a half hours and he's an adult dog he's fine with that but his anxiety started to come back and he started to get into things that he shouldn't and so he was like eating things that are not edible like hairbrushes and like avocado pits. avocado pits and it was just it was a Those lot aren't
0: good for dogs
1: no they're not we had to go to the emergency vet i've taken this dog to the emergency vet so many times okay <laughs> that's what i mean by unexpected expenses but what happened so I was getting a vibe from him. I feel like every morning when he was going to have a bad day, I could always tell and I would get these vibes from him because he'd be a little bit more restless or whatever. And so that particular day, I left my house key underneath my mat in my apartment because I just thought if for any reason someone needs to go check on Mac, it will be easy for them to do. And so I leave the house with a vibe and I'm on the bus on the way to the hospital and I have a Furbo dog camera like a nanny camera in my apartment and it faces the living room and I get a barking alert and so I'm like all right I expected this I knew he was gonna be naughty today I check the camera on the bus on the way to the hospital and I see nothing which is not what you want to see but I hear (laughs) like (laughs) some rustling around and a beeping noise and I'm like all right what is what is he doing like nothing what happened was not even on my mind. Like the real scenario that was going on was not even like a thought in my brain. So I texted my boyfriend and I was like, hey, can you please go check on Mac? I just I know that he's doing something he's not supposed to be doing. I left a key under my apartment, mat, so you can go find it. He's like, yes, whatever. I get to the hospital. I'm walking in up to like the work room where I'm supposed to meet my attending. And I check the camera again. This time I do see something. I see Mac standing on a chair in my living room looking towards the kitchen. And at the top of the screen is just like a line of smoke. And I'm <laughs> at this point now I'm panicking. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a fire. That beeping noise was the fire alarm. And my dog is home alone. Oh, my God. So I hang up. I call 911. I'm like, oh, there's a a fire in my apartment and my dogs are alone. And they're like, wait, how do you know there's a fire? I was like, I see it on my camera. You just got to go. My dog's alone. Blah, blah, blah. So I get off of the phone with the dispatcher. I'm hysterical. I'm running around like the sixth floor of the hospital or the fourth floor, whatever, wherever I was frantic and i check the furbo camera again and it is pitch black i cannot see anything and so now i'm like oh my god my dog is dead everything is everything is bad and so my boyfriend picks me up i run to the side of the building where my apartment apartment is and i see like Two or three firemen outside, and there between them is Mac wagging his tail. <laughs> He's got a little doggy oxygen mask on. It's Aww. so cute. They have little oxygen masks? Yeah, they have little oxygen masks for dogs. Ultimately, what happened was... He had so growing up with dogs, we would always store food that we didn't want them to eat in the microwave and we call it the dog locker. And I carried that with me into my medical school years. And I had put a piece, a loaf of banana bread that We Sam had made me. He's a medical student here that Riley knows. Shout out We Sam. <laughs> out Wee Sam. Uh, so I blame him for this. He had made me a loaf of banana bread. I put it in my microwave. I left. Mac wanted the banana bread really bad In trying to acquire the bread. He pushed the microwave onto the stove top and that like the burners were in the back of the stove, turned the burners on, (laughs) lit the microwave on fire, causing over a thousand dollars of damages. But ultimately it could have been way worse if I would not have seen it on the Furbo. Yeah. So I did attach attach a a picture that Dave will, I think, show of Mac and the firefighters who saved him. Oh, my God. There, there they are. Uh, Look at how proud of him. Oh he gosh. looks so proud of himself. Shout out Furbo.
0: That's not the face
5: of an, an arsonist. arsonist.
1: <laughs> Let me tell you, Dave, that is the face of an arsonist. Innocent. <laughs> I know. He would make, he would have you believe he's innocent, but not so. So, yeah, if you're thinking about getting a dog and you're in medical school, just consider the fact that they could start a fire in your home.
2: It's an ad for apartment insurance.
1: Yeah, yeah. Get renter's insurance. (laughs) (laughs) And also, don't live anywhere where they don't know you have an animal. Because, like, that was a big thing. I I paid pet rent for Mac. So it wasn't like I wasn't in trouble for this occurring because my dog started a fire. You know, I wasn't in the (laughs) doghouse.
0: Listeners, if you ask us a question, it means that I don't have to make something up to talk about on the show. And the show becomes what you want it to be. So send your questions to the shortcodes at gmail.com or leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it on the show. So I would like to look at Phoebe.
3: Uh, who, look at her.
0: I mean, she's beautiful. Look
2: at this face. It's the face of a I dog. don't
0: understand. So, so I love that Riley... Yes, you are panicking about owning a dog.
2: Yeah, look at her. And face. Maddie
0: is the one <laughs> who is talking you down.
2: What is also crazy? After, about, is this yeah.
0: before or after the fire? Ooh, this, this is after.
1: This is, this is, after, is after, well the after the fire. This
2: is after emergency vet visits. This is after. I your mean, your own stress of like anxiety, dog crate, and everything.
0: Matt, Maddie has lived through hell. <laughs> yes, and she's like, it's fine. It'll be fine.
2: Well, not. she was like, both, it will be fine, but also, I am concerned about your mental state, <laughs> and maybe <laughs> that is the problem. Like, I cannot stress this enough that, like, it was it was my own anxiety yes. that shone through in this situation. I have, and this is a terrible analogy. I just feel
0: like Maddie should have been like, you know, you have yeah. something to be anxious about, maybe your house will be on fire. Yeah,
2: maybe your house will be on fire. Maybe your dog will eat an avocado pit. There yeah. are other things, but, no, yeah, it's so funny, because- After this story, you know, I hear all this, and I'm worried. And the whole point of me being worried is leaving Phoebe home alone, that she's anxious and worried, and she's not, for the record. And it's actually only because Maddie went through the fact of having a highly anxious dog that she was able to recognize, your dog's not that bad. Yeah. Like, she's pretty okay. And I have a feeling she's gonna get through these first few weeks and be okay.
1: And so one last statement and then we can move on (laughs) i remember i had asked riley i was like is she showing any signs of like distress in her kennel and and riley's like well like what should i look for and so i send a picture of the inside of my dog's crate which he now uses to avoid any other fires and it's just completely gnarled and it's like an aluminum it's a heavy duty kennel i'm like this is what signs of distress looks like and she's like no, none of
4: that. <laughs> <laughs> when, my, when we first adopted my dog, we got her when she was one, but we tried to kennel her at the beginning and she broke out of her kennel. I don't know how she managed to do it, but she did. And like her nose was always raw from like trying to chew it out. So that's what signs of distress look like.
1: Yeah. Mac broke teeth escaping from his kennel, chewed a hole in my parents' drywall <laughs> and ripped up carpet escaping from a kennel. So, he's a bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. But he's,
5: <laughs> but he's he's a rough during one. During the fire, were you worried more about your apartment or your dog? Oh, I was
1: worried way more about my dog. Oh, I was like, the apartment love. can burn. I mean, I <laughs> I didn't want anybody else to get hurt either. But I was like, fully worried about Mac.
0: Yeah, I've, uh,
5: I've put up a picture of Lucky Dog. Lucky,
2: <sighs> Lucky what is beautiful. is nice, beautiful. You. What is Lucky looking at? Do you think?
5: He just looks out the window, just see whoever walks around. He loves kick. He he howls
2: like a wolf. I was going to say huskies howl. That's so funny. He's
5: like half husky, uh, half German Shepherd, but he's definitely more on the husky side. Yeah. He's older too. He's more quiet now. Just his anxiety level gets worse every year. Yeah. That's uh, my only complaint. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know that. You did not send,
5: oddly, you did not send a picture of your of your cat. I should have one. Yeah,
1: I he think. did. He posted one. Yeah. He posted one. Oh, watch. More reels.
5: I guess I didn't use it. Dave. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's just a cat. Derecho is being
1: <laughs> neglected by Mal and now by Dave.
5: <laughs> it's okay. It's he a survived a big a storm. He's a lucky podcast. star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But lucky, yeah, I love him. He's so cute. And I, I got him when he was almost six years old, so he was more like an adult. Yeah. You know, uh, didn't have too much anxiety, but now he's just getting old. Yeah. But I still love him. How old is he? He's 11. Okay.
2: Yeah, I feel like we've given a lot of hate for the dogs. I feel like we've really... It's
0: affectionate hate, though. It is.
2: It is, And it's realistic. (laughs) I think it's realistic, because I think a lot of people come into medical school... A lot of people are dog people. No no offense to the cat people.
4: (laughs) Oh, I like dogs, too. Don't worry. (laughs) I was
2: going to say, you grew up with a dog. I feel like a lot of people that I've heard will be like, oh, I really want a dog during medical school, or I want to get a dog during residency. And... Ultimately, like, and I think we should also talk about the cats, but the problem with dogs is that definitely they need more work. Definitely, they're probably more prone to accidents and expenses. And all of that is a problem because your amount of time that you have to spend at medical school changes drastically from year to year. Mm -hmm. Like, you could think that you have plenty of time in the first couple years and then, bam, 12 hours in surgery, like, once you hit your third year. And so... I feel like talking realistically about dogs, we all know we love them. We all know that they're the joy of every person's life. But at the same time, they're a ton of work. And I like I probably can only say that I can
1: do it because I have a partner that's actually helping me to do it. I was just thinking that like for the majority of the time that I had Mac during his problem years, I... Didn't have a partner, and now that he's a good dog, I do, and I have a partner. It's so easy. It's so much easier. Yeah, it's so much easier because
2: also true with
0: children, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) If you can handle that, if you if you if you can manage that, that's a good thing. So
5: one reason I like dog more than cats because you know dog they just sleep during the day Mm -hmm. and you come back unless they set an apartment on fire (laughs) otherwise your apartment should be intact but cats they jump everywhere they knock things off like a couple days ago our cat destroyed a vase you know just water everywhere flower everywhere yeah that's with cats no offense but i love dogs more
1: i love the memes of the cats like that hop up on stuff and look you straight in the eye and then just smack it off
4: yeah do you have experience with that matt i personally don't i know a couple of my cats at home have that issue but i was very like since i had them from the time they were kittens i was very strict about like don't get up on counters sure don't get on the table and more or less they don't unless i leave food out and i'm not in the room they will not be on anything you know, we have
0: to talk about this particular thing hmm. i've I've put up your cat's On this, on the video, and what are their
4: names? So we have Marbles and Dewey. Marbles, which is what Marbles is the one that
5: spotted. Dewey is my beautiful flame point Siamese. Mm. How did you get them to sit like that? Yeah, my cat will never do that. (laughs) No, I super
3: glue.
4: (laughs) I just walked. (laughs) I was. I walked out,
5: and they were just sitting there. I have a like.
4: I have a bunch of pictures of them together. They love each other. I'm not. I'm guessing that this will be posted somewhere. Yeah, but. Yeah, they sit in the cat tree together a lot. We have a little hammock, like a window cling. Um, cuddle up there together, too. Um, I They sleep curled up right next to each other. They're best friends. Um, That's awesome. My, yeah. My cats are not best friends. <laughs>
0: they, 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 they like each other well enough, I think. <laughs> but there are times when I'm not sure. Like, I did post this... And we can see them in action. One, five.
2: <laughs> this is your cats? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look at that tail.
1: <laughs> which is which?
0: Pandora's the one on the bottom. Fishwick's okay. the uh, black hat on the top. Fishwick has a manx tail, which is a shortened tail, I guess, that she was born with. And yeah, I guess when she's happy, it helicopters around. So I think they're... <laughs> having fun here but I'm never entirely sure as somebody who did not grow up with cats I have a lot of trouble reading the body language the, the language of cats
2: I think animals just in general even dogs like dogs you see them playing and they're just like teeth on each other and I'm just like ah yeah. is
1: that a good play <laughs> is that a bad <laughs> play or no, it's always
2: like I you just like watch pet owners like seeing their dogs play and everyone's just vibing everyone's like we, we good we bad like you are we angry at each other and then the dog goes back and I'm like alright she's fine
0: I mean, they don't really hiss at each other. so Yeah, I feel like they're fine. They're probably fine.
2: I know nothing. I'm not a vet. Right?
0: I don't know. So, I mean, pets have benefits to us. I mean, other they, they make us happy.
1: They do that. Yeah.
0: What, what benefits are there to pet ownership? Riley?
2: I feel like there is no one that is more excited to see me than my dog. Every single day, I could be gone for five minutes. I could have literally just gone to the garage. I'd come up and she would throw a party as if I had been gone for a full year. Like the joy that I feel every single day coming home, and she's just standing at the top of the stairs, wagging her little butt, and she's so excited. Like, no offense to Thomas. He's never that excited to see me when I come home. Like, she is so excited. And every single morning I get up, she's also excited to see me. I'm like, you just slept at my the foot of my bed. Like, you knew I was there the whole time, always. And I think just having a little, like, dog that has so much unconditional love for me. I could have just the most terrible day and yeah. I would come home and I'd go, ooh. And then I would just cuddle her and like have a great time. Sorry for anyone that has to edit that. I'm sure that was just, like
0: <laughs> super ear, ear splitting.
2: But that's what I do. I go, Ooh, and then I go, you're so cute. And then we just cuddle for like 15 minutes when I get home. I so would it's never no do wonder that, that
0: it's no wonder that pets are supposed to anyway help us with depression and lower. Blood pressure allegedly in stressful situations.
2: I guess it depends on the pet. Playing with, it. <laughs> no. I talked extensively how my dog caused my anxiety, but it sounds the other way.
0: It sounds clear that you know, like serotonin, serotonin and dopamine get a little hit with pets usually. Yeah, for sure. I don't know about this one. Pet owners have lower triglyceride and cholesterol levels, according to some people. I said allegedly. <laughs> Yeah. I think
1: maybe there's some, well, what are the confounding factors there? The like, you know, is. are you walking your dog all the time or walking your cat? I have seen cats out on harnesses. Do you walk your cats?
4: No, they don't have leashes. Okay.
1: Would they like to be walked? Because that no. isn't interesting. Okay.
4: <laughs> I, the I one time I tried to, there.
0: The one time I tried to put Fishwick on a leash, she, she did that, that cat thing where she levitated and then like <laughs> made a lot of noise and, and did this. everywhere (laughs) so we didn't i mean i don't know maybe i could train her but
1: have you guys seen those like cat backpacks yeah i love those i like seeing them they're my
2: life i feel like there's so many other like great benefits to owning pets like again like the the walk thing i would not normally come home from work and just like have to go on a walk yep but i do now because i've got a little dog who's gonna bother the crap out of me if i don't take her on a walk and so yeah i probably get if, if you're a step counter, you're gonna get way more steps if you have a dog.
0: I'll tell you the benefit of pet ownership for me. That was immediately obvious, especially because we got Fishwick first, and it was right before the pandemic, right before everything shut down here in the in the U.S. And the benefit was we had so much to talk about because of Fishwick as a family. It was such a distraction from the shit that was going on in the world and all that kind of stuff and I could see that generalizing to you know just being just you know distracting you from your whatever crap is going on in your life that you know inevitably happens yeah. that's my big benefit
1: I will I think I totally agree with that I as traumatic as it was in the moment I love telling my arson story because like it's a great it's story. a great, story. It's a great like yeah. story who would have thought that that would happen so I do love to talk about my dog I love to show pictures of my dog and I think I am a very anxious person and I have kind of transferred my anxiety onto my dog, which I think is a more healthy way to deal with it.
0: So your anxiety, you attribute your anxiety to your to your dog? No, or, or I feel you... like he
1: makes my anxiety better because oh, I have okay. more of like a focus for my anxiety. I thought well, like...
2: going to say he's a sponge. Like he takes your anxiety no, and no, no, himself. No, no yeah, I, I know what you're or saying Or when now. you're
0: feeling anxious, you think your dog is anxious.
1: No, it's not that. It's more like, I don't have time to be anxious about other things because Mm -hmm. I'm taking care of him. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think maybe that has caused me to go to the emergency vet for things that were not an emergency, but like, I feel like that's a healthier way to deal with my anxiety. You can always make more money. Yeah. (laughs) I can always make more money. I don't know. I feel like my general anxiety about the world has gone down and I just have something to, it feels good to have something to take care of and like to go home and they rely on you and like, You're doing a good thing because you are, you know, you have a responsibility. That's not yourself. And so to push off some of my own anxieties and like things that I can't control, I can control how I care for my pet. I don't know. I feel like that's a benefit for me.
5: I want to go back to the point of like lowering your cholesterol, like as a dog person, I always save like last couple bites I could have eaten but I just save it for oh, a dog. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I, I just eat less, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. There's the confounding variable.
1: Yeah, exactly. We, we need the confounders <laughs> in this data.
5: But yeah, but if I save it for my cat, he never eats it. It's nah. it's tuna. Yeah. If it's tuna. Riley, you pointed out that to combat the trouble that comes
0: with taking care of a pet, during medical school, students at the University of Indiana School of Medicine developed a website called Pets in Medicine, designed exclusively for medical students to use for occasions such as away rotations, busy days in clinics, and personal events. That's cool.
1: That's I like it. Cool.
0: That's super cool. We I could th- do. We could do that. Any school could do that.
2: That's what I was thinking. I feel like there's so many people that are like, I want a dog. I don't really want the full-time ownership. Like, I can imagine if I was in the first year and there was somebody who just needed someone to like check in on their dog in the middle of the day. And maybe it's a free website, but like, yeah, it's I'd, I'd do that. Like, I thought it was really a neat idea. I actually didn't find if they like have continued it, but I yeah. I like the thought.
1: I have had several of my med school classmates watch Mac for me when I'm like out of town or something. And it's kind of the same thing. They didn't have pets, but it's like and, I, and you know, I, maybe I don't necessarily want a pet, but I like to hang out with pets. And so I've used that before, just like our group chat and had people who are willing to watch my dog for me that mm-hmm. way. I love the idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. I wish we had it.
0: Can we make a determination? We've only talked about cats and dogs, first of all. I just want to point that out. There's, of course, many other options like rabbits and lizards. <laughs> Do you want me and, to
1: talk about my hamster that died tragically when I was in third grade?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very sad.
1: Well, I feel like hamsters always die in the most dramatic ways. Oh, Because for sure. they're just mischievous little things.
0: What? How did your hamster die? Did your hamster die in a dramatic way
1: well for him ultimately i don't think it was but it is tragic oh. he escaped his cage and we were moving at the time and we just never found him oh. but our laundry room was unfinished and so my dad went home or like went back to the house after we had already moved all of our things out and there was like dead animal smell no oh. and Poor Murphy got into the walls and died in there. It's very sad. To not get a hamster in medical school. Yeah, it's it's a sad time. I still feel guilty about it, but.
0: Well, that was a downer. (laughs) (laughs) No, the moral of the story is. Hamsters only live like, you know, a few years, right? So I guess it would be better if they didn't die in a wall.
1: (laughs) I think think Pooja has a hamster that she loves Uh and who's been very great for her.
0: Casey McCleary, who used to host the show, she had a bearded dragon. Yeah. um, Which I would love to have a bearded dragon.
1: My roommate in college had a lizard.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Shout out Taylor. She loved that lizard. She would like have it on her shoulder.
1: It was awesome. Our friend Gage has a lot of bugs. Oh, this is true. He's got like a lot of butterflies. Oh, Oh, wow.
0: Okay. That's better than like. He's a
1: bug guy. He's a bug guy. I,
0: I know people love, that, People but. have spiders. I don't, I don't, don't know about m- any medical students I that I know like of, but I he's more like a
2: caterpillar butterfly kind of guy. Yeah.
0: Spiders, snakes, creepy crawlies that usually people... that are less popular, um, but, you know, it's possible.
1: Dr. Sibla has birds. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Famously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> among us, anyway. Yeah, he's, he has parrots.
1: Yeah, like nine of them.
0: Yeah. He's a parrot rescue guy, right? Yep. He loves to integrate them into his understanding of neurology yes he does so there's stuff to be learned but you know getting back to the cats versus dogs thing mm-hmm. the, the, the most common pets probably right
1: i would say yes. likely yes probably.
0: probably which is better for med school cats cats, cats. De- probably cats. yeah cats okay
4: also, oh, I I disagree. <laughs> I just want to say that I have not said a bad thing about my cats yet. <laughs> no, yes. all of so
1: of we all stories. talked a lot of crap about dogs. But no, Mao didn't. Mao is perfect. What?
4: Except he
0: has, he has uh, anxiety. anxiety oh, he, yeah, he has anxiety. Rivals, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't think I don't think you can prove anything because I have two cats that both have their downsides.
4: Oh yeah, that's fair. Well. Minor, minor, perfect. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes they're goobers. Like, like the first year that I had marbles, he snuck on the counter to have some of my uh, some of my dinner. Except it was oh shoot, what was it? What's the thing that they ate at the end of the event? The first Avengers movie. Shawarma. Shawarma. All right, I was making (laughs) shawarma, and he snuck onto the counter and ate some of it. Except. His cheek rubbed against the side of the pot and he had a, an orange stain on his his face for like weeks Sweet. which was so funny. yeah, that's the kind of shit that cats do uh, yeah
2: if that's the worst thing their cats are up to yeah cats for sure are better for medical school Definitely.
0: Then. <laughs> let's do this. It's always fun to find out what humans call groups of animals. So let's see if you could figure out what humans call these. Crowds of animals, the person who gets the most right will be scratched on the lower leg in their sleep by Pandora. Okay. I hope it's you, Dave. I really hope it's you. A group of cats that don't know each other is called a what? A glaring, B colony, or C basque. A C basque. Basque. I'm going to go
4: with A. I think it's
0: A. A. Yeah, it's A. A glaring. Okay. Colonies are bats. Also okay. known as a cloud or camp, and basque is crocodiles.
2: Mm. So, you know, crocodiles, cats—they're easily, yeah, I'm
0: easily confused. Basically yeah, no, the it's same. Fair. It's fair. It's a group fair. of jellyfish is called a shrewdness, or a bask, or a smack. Which one?
1: Well, it's not a bask. That's crocodiles. It's called test-taking.
2: Did skills, I do that? Dave. Oops!
0: <laughs> 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 Screwed up my own. Can you give us A and C again? A and C shrewdness. Or smack Smack I'm going to go with
5: smack I'm going to go with shrewdness
1: I'm going to go with smack
5: It is a smack Lemurs are a shrewdness
1: (laughs) Speaking of lemurs Did anybody watch Zabumafu growing up? (laughs) No but I had a lot of friends that did So I know of it intricately that's all I wanted to say. Uh, <laughs> it was a great show, and I no one remembers it. And I, I remember it. Okay, good. Because sometimes I feel like I'm the only person who ever watched it, and I think that everybody should have watched
0: it because it was good. Kind of messes with your reality when nobody else remembers that show that you watched. Yeah, it does. And You're like, was it real? Yeah. Did I? Yeah.
2: It's like the Berenstein <laughs> bear this- hypothesis or whatever. What is that? The Mandela. Effect? That was no, the yeah. Mandela, Mandela Mandela effect. Yeah. Yeah. effect but Did I make of up it?
0: this show? A bunch of owls. <laughs> it's a peck. <laughs> A bunch of owls is called a gang, a parliament, or a convocation.
1: Oh, never mind. I want it to be a gang, so I'm going to choose gang. <laughs> okay. Parliament. They okay. seem very wise.
0: Do we believe that people that a parliament is necessarily wise?
1: I don't think we have to believe that. Okay. There's, there's an association, yeah.
5: I go with congregation. Can you repeat? Con, convocation. The,
0: convocation. Convocation. Can you sure. repeat the the answers? Gang. Parliament. Convocation.
4: I'm gonna go with convocation. Yeah,
0: it's a parliament. Yes. Mm. Oh, told you guys. Gang cool. is buffalos, turkeys, weasels, and elk. For some reason, all of those are cool gangs. And a convocation is eagles. eagles. Which of the following describes a pack of gorillas? Chest, clouder, or band?
1: Band. Okay. Yeah, I think it's band.
4: I'm gonna go clouder. Mm-hmm.
5: What's What's the other choice? Chest. Sure, I'll go with chest. Then. Yeah, it's band. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I made up
0: chest, <laughs> <laughs> and clouder. That's a group of cats. Oh. Another term for but a group the
2: first of cats. group of cats was cats who don't oh. like each other. Glaring cats who don't know each other.
0: Cats, cats who don't know who each do other. Know is really each glaring. other. Wild cats, by the way, are also known as a destruction. I think we know where we're going with the cat's name. Yeah. they're gonna shit f- up. <laughs> that's what cats do. Oh. Shortcoats, if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. You You guys may know that last week was uh, orientation week. And I was able to pick out some new CECOM students to ask them some get to know you questions about their journeys to this point. I promised not to call them out by name as they already looked a bit frightened of me. So let's see if their responses resonate with you more seasoned medical students. This first one, for reasons I only asked this question of one person, probably because I forgot to ask it again. So the question is, who would you like to thank for your helping you get this far?
3: Yeah, I mean, the first most instrumental people would be, like, my parents, who both of them work in healthcare, and especially during the pandemic, I saw how much, like, the brunts that they had to face. And so they, you know, directly and indirectly, just watching them, seeing how they dealt with it, seeing how much they, you know, put themselves out there and cared for other people, is what motivated me to, like, get up and, like, you know, be in this kind of position of power and responsibility you know didn't scare you off no you know honestly no it motivated me more because like they've been some of the strongest people i've seen my entire lives so i was like i'm their child and they've raised me right they've taught me you know i'm hoping i have their best qualities i'm just trying to emulate them but yeah also the doctor that mentored me as a scribe the one i scribed for the kindness he extended to every single person as an orthopedic surgeon was immeasurable so i I really am trying to become a doctor like him i
0: thought that was nice that was so sweet. Very sweet yeah I think the mentorship aspect is is interesting too I don't know that a lot of people can count on that mentorship aspect I mean you might do shadowing but what I wouldn't say
1: it was like the most profound I was gonna say I don't think that I would I don't think that I had that same experience yeah. not in like a I had bad mentors more that I just didn't have many mentors who were really in medicine but no I resonate I think that resonates with me you said who would you like to thank for getting me here yeah I feel like I owe a lot to my parents
4: as we've discussed on the podcast previously my dad is a radiologist my mom worked in healthcare for a long time as well as a speech pathologist so they have a very strong medical background but going into it and just as I continue to go into medicine being able to look up to my dad is something that's really cool both just seeing how he works with medicine is really amazing I think that is like work ethic his ability to like communicate with different professionals obviously as a radiologist you don't talk to patients that much but he really loves collaborating with different doctors and everything which is a really like healthy team-based approach he's always willing to accept feedback if he gets something wrong like he wants to know about it so he can fix it for the next time and it was really cool i got to do a program over the summer where i went and was basically a med student in one of the hospitals. And I went back home for that. I didn't work at the hospital. My dad did. But there's a lot of crossover between the two in the town. And so I got to hear from a lot of people that knew him. Just like how he worked and how he was to interact with. And how he carried himself. Both from doctors and also like techs, nurses, other people that he worked with. And just like the resounding aspect of, you know, he was somebody that people wanted to work with. Which meant a lot to me. Because now I was... I mean, I'm obviously not a doctor yet, but I'm on his side. I'm on the medical side and not just like his kid. I'm, you know, trying to be somebody like him. And so it's really cool to have that kind of person in your life. Giving you something to aspire. Yeah, somebody that you can look up to. And even though right now I don't necessarily want to be a radiologist, just knowing how he carries himself, how he treats patients, how he treats medicine as a whole, I think is really powerful and is something that, especially after this summer, I've been able to think about a lot and just like, what is my impact going to be? What is my role going to be? How am I going to treat patients? How am I going to treat staff? How am I going to be the person that I want to be? And so it's cool to have somebody that close to look up to. So I'm glad that the M1 that you interviewed also has those kind of people in his life that they can Look up to and kind of be like, I want to do this. It's really easy to get lost in med school. It's really easy to be like, I don't really care about the things we are learning. You have have to to hang on to your why. And from my experience also, like seeing the why at the end of the road and hearing him talk about how his family, like how he saw them have to go through that and how he saw the resiliency. I think that's going to that's going to treat them really well in the long run. Yeah. My next question was kiss, marry, kill. Personal statement,
0: secondary applications, interviews. I got a bunch of responses from this one.
5: Oh,
1: gosh. Okay. I would definitely kill secondary application. I would probably kiss, personal statement, and I would marry the interview. Yeah. I'm going to say kill the personal statement, kiss the secondary, and I guess marry the interview. The personal statement just... Like, I, it's never taken me so long to write any document in my life or cause me so much stress. The secondaries can be rough, I feel like, depending on how many you're writing. And then the interview, that was very, very, very stressful. I don't
0: know if I would really want to marry. But you married? Yeah. <laughs> you can't take it back. The marriage is for, forever.
1: It was kind of the last one, standing. but. <laughs> <laughs> But it was the shortest in terms of (laughs) actual how long it took.
2: Kill secondary application. That's not even a question. Those were brutal. (laughs) Yeah, because you've taken the MCAT, you've done your primary, you're feeling good, and then all of a sudden you get, like, ten essays from each school that are different. So, yeah, okay, secondary's done. I actually really liked my interviews, so maybe marry my interviews. I feel like you get to talk to a lot of cool people that helps you decide where you want to go. And then that leaves KISS for my personal statement. So it was okay. Okay. You know, you get to talk about why
1: you want to be a physician. You can do that.
0: (laughs) Anything there that strikes you?
1: Kill the secondaries. I totally agree with that.
0: They must have some utility for schools. But
1: have to. I mean, other.
0: <laughs> they certainly spend a lot of time on them. Yeah,
2: I agree with the married the interview. I think, in my mind, I just want to be face to face with someone. You can only say so much over words, especially when you have like a word count and just trying to like parse your entire life down into and just words. I think it's a lot. It's easier to convince myself that the human interaction of an interview is going to like. Do me better than trying to write wow. my whole life down in the best way possible unless you're unless you're kate who can write like the perfect personal interview i don't even know if she's in there but she's not but she's not well i mean if kate could write my personal statement then i'd marry the personal statement but <laughs> I, she can't do that so i'm gonna marry the interview
4: so here at the short Coat podcast we're all about vibes and you can't really get vibes from written things in my opinion they agree so i'd say like the interview obviously really stressful i had to do my interview on zoom Which was even more stressful because you couldn't get like that face-to-face interaction. But you didn't have to wear pants. I I did. (laughs) Fool. But You're
2: starting a rumor that Matt didn't wear pants on his
4: interviews. (laughs) You better not tell anyone. (laughs) I liked what the last person said about the personal statement. Another thing that I feel relatively passionately about is like I went straight through and I feel like I didn't get a chance to really ask myself why I wanted to be a doctor until after i'd applied and everything it was like okay so i want to be a doctor let's figure out how to answer that but it was always like how do i want to answer that and not like hey matt why do you want to be a doctor why don't you want to be like a professor or why don't you want to go into like literally anything else yeah. yeah and i feel like if you approach the personal statement correctly it can tell you a lot about yourself like i know one thing i really focused on being a tutor in undergrad and i talked about that a lot and like I was able to reach people where they where they were and like they don't always come in worried about the homework that they're going through or anything. It's like the thing that I've heard in medical school is like you're treating the patient. You're not treating the disease. And that was my first chance to see that. It's like, yeah, they're coming in with like homework issues, but they're also stressed about X, Y and Z. So you have to calm them down or else they're not going to learn anything. So I found like I learned a lot by writing the personal statement. And if I would have gone back, I would have done a more self-reflecting during that time rather than like panicking after submitting everything but i think that was the first chance i got in undergrad to be like all right so i spent all this time checking the boxes and doing all the things i needed to do to get in and i have good grades and i'm studying for the mcat then like okay so why do i want to be a doctor other than because i've always wanted to be a doctor so that was the first chance that i really got to critically think about it in a very structured way
0: i think it's an interesting point that you make that you can learn from the personal statement rather than, I mean, everybody thinks of the personal statement as something that the schools learn from about you, but you sort of did it the other way around, which I think is probably an ideal thing. You know, you should learn from everything you do. And
1: I mean, it's one thing that like the best advice that I got about my personal statement was from my mom because I could not figure out what to write about. And she was just like, well, write about something that you like and that like, will show who you are. And I wrote my personal statement about being a Hufflepuff and why that would make me a good doctor. Like <laughs> and once I just started not worrying about the formulaic personal statement, it yeah. flowed and I was able to create something that I was like, Oh yeah, that's me.
0: On, yeah, that's on a paper. really good point. Oh, I like that's that. That's a really good point. And some people, you know, they they really believe in the I don't know, what I would call the boring personal statement. You
1: know, yeah. Some people do. I mean, I, I got want to be some... a
0: doctor because I want to help people. You know, that yeah, you know, I, I'm good at science and blah 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 blah. And I I can't buy that. I mean, it might work.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would recommend. It might not, like,
0: it might not hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it also may not push you over the finish line if if there are other people who did it differently. I don't know.
4: One thing we've talked about on. The podcast I know and I've also brought up to a lot of like the pre-meds that I know is when they ask you like why do you want to be a doctor and they make you do the personal statement and then, like the secondaries then in the interview when they ask you all those questions yeah you're trying to show them why you deserve to be there or whatever but it kind of goes back to what we said earlier of like you need to know your why you can't lose your why and I've always tried to say it to the pre-meds of, yeah you're trying to convince the admissions committee that you deserve to be there but more importantly, you have to convince yourself that you're deserving to be there. You have to convince yourself every single day that you're making the right decision. You have to convince yourself that this is what you're meant to do. Yeah. It's a terrific way that you deserve. I, I love
0: that you put it that way. You deserve to be there.
4: And especially with the amount of people that have imposter I mean, I have imposter syndrome, like. I struggle to find people that don't, especially once you get to the levels of perfectionism that a lot of people that apply to med school have. You need to convince yourself that you deserve to be here. You're not writing the, at least in my opinion, you're not answering interview questions and you're not writing personal statements and secondaries to convince anybody else that you're supposed to be there. You're writing them to convince yourself that you need to be there. And if they are convinced by you being able to tell yourself that you're doing it, then that's where you want to be.
2: Because spoiler, you have to keep doing it even when you're here, hence the (laughs) imposter syndrome. So Uh, I feel like they need to see that you have some confidence in your why because ultimately admissions committees know that like everyone's like, oh, the hard part is applying to medical school. No, it's not the hard part is doing it like for the record it's not easy like you gotta the hard gotta part is learning it. like
4: 15 drugs in one lecture and yeah. being like i don't know how to memorize this
2: the hard part is going into a test on friday knowing you've already had 10 lectures for the next test you have in two weeks the hard, part the hard part is
1: running around the hospital knowing that your apartment's <laughs> on fire and your dog's home alone and knowing that you got to go to rounds and like say the patient's HPI like that's the hard part and they
2: need to know that like you truly and honestly to yourself want to be there so that's kind of what you're getting at which is not only just for the time being of the personal statement but like you got to do it also and the here.
4: why makes all of those things that we said are hard it makes them all easy maybe not the fire thing <laughs> <laughs> but everything else like all right so I need to know all these drugs why do I need to know these drugs? Because my patients are going to be on them like over the over the summer I got like people would just hand me drug lists I'm like I don't know what half of these are but I'd eventually start picking them out and be like oh I know what that one is and I know why they're on it and those kind of things are when you're when you're having to say the entire patient's HPI like if you know why you're doing it it makes it so much easier it's not just like oh this is some stupid thing that we have to do because we're med students it's like yeah it is a stupid thing we have to do because we're med students but Also, there's a payoff, and that payoff is your why.
1: Wait, so are you kissing it or are you marrying it?
4: I'm still going to go kissing because I think that the interview is... Vibes. The interview is the vibes. vibes. And you can still do all of those things during the interview because they ask you questions, but I think the personal statement is really like your first... You're flirting. Yeah, (laughs) the personal statement is your long-term relationship before you marry your your interview. Love it. Would you
0: rather... Be the smartest person in the universe and lazy, or have a vast work ethic and low intelligence.
5: I think vast work ethic and low intelligence, especially like I think that's how I am right now. Not low intelligence, but I'm a hard worker. I don't think I'm like naturally very smart. Like I do put in the work and make sure I'm doing the right things. And so that option for sure.
2: Vast work work ethic and low intelligence. I would just feel bad if I was lazy about it. Ooh,
5: probably smart and lazy. Maybe. Because I feel like working really hard but not being able to accomplish would be really challenging. (laughs) Well, I guess you don't
1: have to be smart to accomplish. Honestly, I've always prided myself on working really hard, so I lean towards that one. Because maybe then I can build my abilities and become that smart person who then has that work ethic to drive them even further <laughs> <Rule> the world
2: <laughs> No, but yeah, I think that's my answer. <laughs> Probably the vast work ethic. I don't like being lazy. What do I do with all my free time? I'm so lazy. <laughs> yeah I'd like to. <laughs> I like to be busy, so having a work ethic I think would help with that
0: probably have a vast work ethic and low intelligence definitely. I feel like I would much rather be really working hard at something even if I didn't know how to do it rather than know how to do things and be lazy. That'd be a waste of time. I feel like if you do nothing with it, what's the purpose? I don't know I'd rather be
1: I'd rather be smart and lazy smart
0: I... and lazy I don't know if, the... you okay. be, if you can be if you be smart and lazy, I feel like you know you'd just what? Be like I want... i'm I had this great idea. It's so good. It's so brilliant that somebody else can do it. Can we get a (laughs) follow-up?
2: I would like you to ask the same question to fourth years. Because I think most of the fourth years you're going to ask are going to say, I want to be smart and lazy. Because I think at the beginning, you're just like gung-ho. You're like, I'm ready to work hard. You are feeling it. But I think ultimately, and maybe this is a little bit of burnout speaking, like I would love to just go sit in Italy and have a glass of wine. And know that all my work is done because I'm lazy, but I'm smart, so I got it done. That's what I want. I want to be lazy, but in the sense where it's like, I'm lazy, but I'm traveling and like doing my life. And I think that's probably a slight bit of burnout speaking.
1: I think we romanticize work way too much. And that is why everybody's like, I want to work hard. You should work hard. I'm not saying that work ethic is not a virtue. It is. But I'm sick of romanticizing the hustle. Fair. I agree.
5: Yeah, I totally agree with Dave's point. Like you being smart and it give the idea to somebody else to yeah. do it, that makes the world much better.
0: Yeah, tell your lawyer, have your lawyer patent it. <laughs> <laughs> Hire somebody else to do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's sitting pretty. I
4: get where you guys are going. Like going to, I guess it. I mean, for I did ask. A, I did ask a very polarizing. You asked a polarizing you did. You did. question. And for the
2: record, I like ultimately, if I really could choose, I'm probably choosing the work ethic. I
4: think. Obviously, burnout is a huge issue for everyone, and especially in medicine. But the reason that I go with work ethic is I think that at the end of the day, I feel like if I was smart and lazy, I would feel constantly and I didn't accomplish anything. And so I think that if I had that high work ethic and every day I could go home and be proud of what I did, that'd be a good feeling. I, I-
0: do think that there may be this subtext to a strong work ethic that says people who have strong work ethics don't get burnt out because of the self blame aspect of burnout like if I had a strong work ethic I wouldn't be burnt out
2: I disagree
4: disagree
0: you disagree that
2: uh, well I, I agree that it's like probably the thought that you have going into like working hard
0: that's all I'm saying I, yes. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that it's Sorry. true or accurate or yes. anything like oh. that I, I just worry that there's this idea that people have that you know, I have a strong eth- work ethic, yeah. therefore I'm not going to get burnt out.
4: The issue that I've found is like, I mean, we've talked about it already. You have to jump through so many hoops to get to places where you can be the person that, you know, sips wine in Italy and <laughs> gives your ideas to other people. But unless you jump through those hoops, you can't. Like, I know a lot of smart people, like really personally, that like didn't do their homework and didn't do get good grades or didn't turn things in on time, didn't study enough for the tests. And so... They didn't get to the point where you could do all those things that smart and lazy people get to do after putting in the work. It's um, yeah, probably we're ta- an important yeah. point. We're the fact of the matter
1: much- is, I think you asked this question to a lot of people who are smart and hardworking people yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with strong work ethics. And yeah. You're right. I mean, it's a polarizing question, and that's what makes it fun. Well,
2: we're looking at the idealized version of both of them. Like, here I am talking about sipping wine in Italy. But you're right. Oftentimes, what happens is the smart and lazy person doesn't do the work that they need to succeed. And on the flip side, the hardworking person that may not have the same intelligence may be running themselves in the ground and not getting the credit that they really need and deserve. So like that's the realistic form, but we're talking more so like we're reducing it to a very simple debate that yeah, I'm just yeah. taking aside hard. <laughs> I don't actually feel that way.
5: <laughs> also, I think it's important to point out the end point is both person, they got the same things down. Do you want to do the hard way or the easy way? Yeah. I think if you ask that way, people will lean towards the being smart and lazy, but mm-hmm. they get the same things down.
0: I like to think of myself professionally as a person who puts a lot of effort into being lazy. <laughs> like I want to, I do want to come up with the easiest way to do something that's smart because I just feel like that's more efficient. Like that's I, why I you got all of us
1: producing for you and everything yeah. for you
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> what a burn! <bird. laughs> figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: that's
0: great. <laughs> on that note, that's our show. Riley, Maddie, Mao, Matt. Thanks for being on the show with me today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks
4: for having us. Thank you. And,
0: and what kind of Toxoplasma gondii infection would I be if I didn't thank you, Shortcuts, for making us a part of your week? If you're new and you like what you heard today, follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available. Like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Thank you, Riley B. and Bush, for producing this episode with me.
1: You're welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thank you to this week's editors, Alec Hansen and Katie Hyam Kessler. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College, of Medicine, Government, and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our music is by Dr. Vox and Catmosphere. I'm Dave Hitler saying, Don't let the bastards get you down. Talk to you in one week.